Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. How many of you know we serve a great God? Hallelujah. The Bible says, if he be for us, then nothing can be against us. And we know that he is for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. 
it does my heart well to know that no situation, no circumstance, hallelujah, to, can outstand our everlasting God. Amen. I will see. 
Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank and praise you for tonight. We constantly wait for you. Our strength, our hope, our expectation is in you. So we expect, Father God, to receive all that you have for us. On tonight, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place to move up and down every hour, in and out of your road, touch, heal, deliver, set free, make whole. If there's anything wrong in any of our lives tonight, we thank you that that wrong is set flight by the might of your word. Satan, you are served notice, you are defeated, and we have the victory. And Father, we'll give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Yeah, let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. Well, welcome tonight to our Wednesday night Storm Edition crew. Uh, <laughs> I said, this, this, I said I, what I do know is if it's dry anywhere up this part of six, I can count on y'all being right here. Even if it's a little wet, you're still going to show up. So, uh, so we, 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 we will continue to show up right here with you. Amen. And to those who are on the other side of town uh, where it's a little, little damper, uh, we welcome you guys uh, online with joining us. Uh, we're so excited about the fact that we can stream live uh, and everybody can stay on the same page. Y'all remember just, what, 10 years or so ago uh, when, when the church started? You couldn't do that. You couldn't, you couldn't try to live stream from here and, uh, and do all of that type of stuff and keep up everybody on the same page, but we now can do that. So we're excited. Uh, pretty soon we're going to be also streaming live on Facebook too, so keep your ears out for that. Uh, amen. Yeah. Um, we're putting services out there and then more and more people can share it and, and participate in it. Uh, so we're excited about that. Well, I'm excited about the word on tonight, so we're going to go ahead and get going. If you guys can go ahead and Put that time on the clock for me that we normally do uh, so I don't get accused of going way too long, uh, then that'll be awesome. Amen. T the title to tonight's message is called, You Shall Not Be Moved. Amen. Uh, as you guys know, we, we just uh, were talking uh, recently about the fact that we need to stay the course and how, as rulers, we're going to be living right by ruling right. And we've talked about the four things that are required in order to uh, rule and live right. And we're still on number two, which has to do with our attitude. But God has just been taking us uh, down a course uh, that deals with our thinking and our mindset and our believing. Uh, so I will go through those four things real quick. Uh, so you will have the overarching umbrella. And then we'll dive into tonight's message of you should not be moved. Um, so if I want to live right... How many of you guys know I got to rule right? If I want to rule right, I have to live right. Now, if I'm going to live and rule right, what that ultimately means is I am going to live a life of love. Okay? Because that's all Jesus did. Jesus, and that's all he commanded at the end of the day was love, Lord your God with all your heart, my soul and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we understand that in living that life of love, we express God's love to his people. Not just through prayer, but that's through giving, that's through sharing whatever the Holy Spirit tells us to share, including his power, including salvation. So all of that is wrapped up in living right and therefore ruling right. It's living a life of love. Amen? But the big question comes, like, how do I do that? And how do I keep my mind set to where I can do that on a daily basis. Because how many of you guys know the enemy's constantly coming to attack your belief? Because as I heard somebody say, if I want to live right at the end of the day, I gotta believe right. This right living and this right ruling, like just, just even me saying right living equals right ruling requires you to believe you're a ruler. Where do we get that from? How are we rulers? Well, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. We're joint heirs with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So if I believe that, my attitude or my mindset begins to change to say I'm not a peasant, I'm not a sinner, I'm not someone who is seeking to get A, B, and C from God, I'm the one who already has it. 
Now, again, not because of me. It is 100% because of what Christ has now granted me access to. I have access to his ability. I have access to his inheritance. I have access to his faith. I have access to he who is grace. I, everything I have is because of him. But that doesn't change the fact that I got it. And we have to now continue to shift our mindsets to the point of I have everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Somebody say all. all. I have everything and all that he's made available. Amen. We got to be careful now of, and, and I, I, I know y'all are probably like me, hearing these messages probably don't mess up your song selection uh, and all this type of stuff because you've been hearing songs like, wait, I, I, I want to be, you know, I, I want more of you. And it's like, well, I, I got... I got all of them. Uh, how much more can he give me, you know? And while those songs and those things meant well, they constantly were programming us that there was something more that he had to do for us. That there was something more that I had to work for to get from him. And the truth is, is think about Queen Elizabeth. Is she queen or not? Does she have to earn anything else to be queen? Does she have to do anything else to be queen? Does she have to try to work hard to be more and more qualified to have more and more queenness in her? <laughs> she is a queen, a queen, a queen. She is the indisputable queen, correct? And if I'm not mistaken, it was by birth. It was by inheritance. It wasn't by nobody's vote. See, that's what I like about this, 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 this um, inheritance that we have. You don't get voted into the kingdom of heaven, so can't nobody vote you out. Nobody's selection or opinion of you can get you saved or unsave you. You are it because of the blood. I say you are it because of the blood. The blood of Jesus has granted you an inheritance. You are children of God, and you are all of who you need to be. Are you with me? So the question is, is then, uh, I have to, not the question, but the fact is, is I have to believe that. And no matter what the enemy throws our way, like the scripture we read the other day, no matter what happens, whatever happens, I have to continue to rejoice and have an attitude that is one of joy. Why? Because I believe in what Christ did for me. The sacrifice is enough. Not just was enough, because his sacrifice continues on, amen? The sacrifice was enough, and as long as the sacrifice is not messed up, guess what? The result of the sacrifice is not messed up. And you and I and our inheritance are a result of the sacrifice of Jesus. Are you with me? So all of that is just to help us get back to that place we were at for the last couple of weeks of understanding. So if I'm going to live by the things I just said and rule by the things I just said, the first thing is, is it requires maturity. What do I mean by maturity? The Bible talks about maturity or perfection or, or getting to this place where at the end of the day, you believe what the word says. I believe what the word of God says more than I believe my carnal nature. That's what, by the way, that's what living, walking by the Spirit means. It means I'm, I'm able to believe what the Word says more than my carnal nature. And remember what carnal is, it's of the five senses. Forget about what people are saying, therefore what I'm hearing. Forget about what I see. Forget about how I feel and all that type of stuff. Forget about what these senses dictate to my mind. I blank that out and I let this mind be led by my spirit, not by my flesh. It's not just talking about sin in a traditional sense. It's saying you sin because you're not believing what the word says. And if you're not believing what the word says, yes, you're in unbelief, which is the root to all sin, which is immaturity. But maturity says, I believe the word. Somebody comes up to you and says, you're sick. What do you say? Uh-huh. Somebody come up to you and say, you're broke. What do you say? I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm rich. Yeah, that's, that's mature believers talking. <laughs> That's mature believers talking. Somebody come up to you and say, you're nothing. What do you say? I'm everything, I'm everything that Christ has made me to be. That's mature believers talking. Amen? 
The temptation will come to, to get down and get depressed and become sad and this, that, and the other. That's why you have to remind yourself what the Word of God says. That's your active part. Fighting the good fight of faith is fighting that fight on the inside of your mind saying, no, this is what the Word says and I stick to the Word. Amen? Amen. So it requires maturity. And you can see that, hopefully by now, you can, you can see to, to go out here and live a life of love on behalf of God to others means I can't be focused on myself. i got to be mature enough to care about other people. You know, some people just struggle just to even care about other people because they're so busy caring for themselves. Aren't you? But that's okay, how to have self-care. Well, I'm not saying it's, it's bad to take vacations and bad to take a little time for yourself, but I'm saying when you're so stuck on you that you can't see the person walking past you that's hurting because the Holy Spirit's on the inside saying, pray for them, minister to them, stop them, but you can't because you're too busy taking care of you, then that's a problem. Amen? You possess what they need on the inside of you. And the only way they're going to receive the love of God is through somebody here on earth. Think about that. The only way the world received the love of God was through Jesus. They didn't receive it through the law. It took a Jesus to minister and administer his love and grace here on earth, didn't it? He went to heaven, and now Christ lives on the inside of you. So what became our responsibility to be now the new conduits of his grace? We now share grace with others. We now share Christ with others. We now share love with others. We now share truth with others. We now share the word with others. But if we're so stuck on us, then we will walk past those in need without sharing him. You, you getting where I'm, where, where I'm headed with that? So that's where the maturity is required. Number two, we have to have the right attitude so that we can successfully follow the will of God. I got to have the right attitude. The right attitude will help me believe right. I will believe right. What am I supposed to be believing, Archie? That Christ did it all for you. That Christ did it all for you, and then you also should be believing that there is nothing you can do to outperform the greatest performer, who was Jesus. I'll say that again. Believe that Christ did it all for you, and then also believe that there is nothing that you can do to outperform the greatest performer, who was Jesus. He performed it all. He got all the Emmys. He got all the Oscars. He got all the awards. There is no way you can outdo him. Amen? Amen? So your sin is not going to outdo his sacrifice. Amen. Your sin is not going to outdo his sacrifice. And so it is also in the other way. Your sacrifice is not going to outdo his sacrifice. You can't outperform him. Some people say, well, because of sin, you know, it's, it's just, it, it, it disqualifies me. Well, that would say that the blood didn't work. That would say your sin is greater than the blood. Or some people think, well, to fix this, I need to go and, 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 and sacrifice this and sacrifice that and sacrifice this to fix the wrong that I've done. That means that his sacrifice still wasn't enough, that you have to put something on it. How many of you guys know that Jesus paid the bill, there's nothing for you to put on it? You know the bill collector call, you say, I ain't got it all, but I can put something on it. Jesus said, I, I paid it. I paid the whole price. I paid the whole debt. Put your $5 back in your pocket. You good to go. There's no grace period needed. Your grace period is forever. I said, your grace period is forever, and it's free. Amen? But the question is, is, is my attitude set to that? Because if I believe and have an attitude based on what I just said, now I'm open to hearing the voice of God to follow his will to minister to others. Now, understand, ministering to others doesn't mean, remember, it doesn't mean just preaching from a pulpit or whatever like that. Ministering to others could be anything. He could say, go to Teresa and share his word with her of encouragement. Or he could just say, hey, hey, give, give, give uh, Troy a hug. It, it could be just anything that he ministers to you to do 
for that person that's going to express his love to them. Amen? We got to get out of this thing that it's these big old things that we're waiting on God to tell us. Imagine all the Christians all around the world successfully, maturely believing God and following his will to the T all the time. All the hugs that need to be given out, all the encouragement that needs to be given out, all the hands that need to be laid on, all the words of wisdom, all the preaching, all the miracles, all the great faith, all of that just happening on a regular daily basis, this world would get to know his love like that. But it requires right attitude. It requires right believing. Amen? Number three was we have to be transformed, which simply just means all of this we're talking about is a process to do this on a regular basis. And God and the Holy Spirit have taken the responsibility to transform us. Amen? You come here in the rain and you come here on a Wednesday night and on a Sunday and on a Thursday because you are willing to be mature and allow the Holy Spirit to work on you. You're sitting here because you, like me, have realized you have not arrived. Amen. Amen. And there's still more to learn and there's still more to grow in and there's still more to do. And so you've submitted yourself to the will of God as it relates to this ministry and this church and you're receiving and what should be happening and I believe is happening as you're hearing the word, it's starting to transform the way you think or change the way you think. And that in turn changes how you live. Amen? So you have to be transformed. And last but not least, if we're going to rule right, if we're going to live right, we have to make sure we're doing it just like Jesus did, which is with the help of the Holy Spirit. With the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he didn't do nothing until the Holy Spirit came upon him. He said, I don't say nothing on my own. I'm just saying what the Father says to say. I don't go nowhere. I don't do nothing until he tells me to. So he said, I receive my direction from him. I receive my words from him. And I receive my power from him. Our direction, our words, and our power have to come from the Holy Ghost. Even our refueling process has to come from just like Jesus did. He would go off by himself and spend time with God. Amen? How many of you are setting time aside to make sure you're getting every day, getting a chance to go off and spend some time with God? I'm not saying that so you can feel condemned because I'm even still working on that myself. I'm saying that so you can just know that's what we ought to be working to do. Amen? Amen? How many of you guys know if Jesus had to get a recharge, we do too? Amen? I don't know what would have happened if he didn't get, you know, off by himself, all them crowds up on him and all that type of stuff. And like, oh, Jesus cussing today. You know, it, 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 he had to get away. He was in a flesh body. That thing had to be refueled and recharged. So it is with us. Don't find yourself going day after day after day after day after day doing the work of the Lord but not charging back up. Amen? I'm a firm believer in getting rest, getting breaks. I'm talking about practical rest and getting breaks and then also just spending time with God. If you're a minister in here, you minister the word, Understand that studying your word is not the type of getting along with God I'm talking about. We have to be extra careful because you can get into that Bible and get into that word and feel the glory of God and the presence of God and, and, and feel that, you know, anointing and everything like that and think that you're refueling. No, that's the anointing for you to teach and, and to share the revelation that's on his heart for his people. And you could sit into that you could sit in that presence on a daily and a weekly and a regular basis and think that's enough and still be empty. Somebody says, "How can that happen?" Because you're receiving anointing, yes, and word, yes, and all of that to give to the people. But what about just you and Him? What about just Archie and God? Not Pastor Archie, just Archie. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. Amen. And I'm sharing it with you now so you don't learn it the hard way. All up in God's presence on a regular basis. And then wonder why is it when you get back home or why is it when you get back into just the regular practical things in life while you're struggling all of a sudden to hear the same God that you just heard so strong in your time of study. 
is because you're, 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 you're receiving from him, again, for that corporate uh, ministry and anointing, but you got to have that personal first. Somebody say first. first. Sometimes you can let the ministry take priority over your relationship with God. And for those of us who call to those particular parts of ministry, be it singing, be it whatever, make sure you got those priorities straight. Spend more time with him personally than you do with him preparing for ministry. That's a better way I think I can say it. So spend more time with him personally than you do preparing for ministry. The personal will get you to the point of overflow to then when you come and share, there's almost little preparation. You'll find and you'll just come in, it'll just, it'll just pour out of you. That's what's happening to me right now. I, I, I'm like, I need to get to these notes. But you're getting overflow. Amen? Which sometimes is better than what you prepare. So that's, that's, that's what you got to be careful of. Amen? Amen. So I'll say this again, and I want you to repeat it after me. Right attitude begins with right believing. As I believe what Christ did for me, my mindset will be set correctly. Does that make sense? Because I am set on the fact he did it all. If I don't believe right, my mind won't be set right. Okay? If I believe that there's still work to do, then my mindset is wrong. And when life hits me, it's going to hit that setting. And when life comes and hits me and I see or hear or feel something, it's going to hit whatever my mind is set to. If it's set to God did it all, then my response is going to be based on God did it all. If it's set that I got to still do something or this is because I didn't tithe or this is because I didn't go to church enough, whatever like that, it's going to come in and it's going to go through that filter and I'm going to go to work. I'm going to become a performance-based Christian. And we want to stay away from that. Amen? So, do you have the same authority that Jesus has. Why? Huh? I'm joint heirs, absolutely right. What else? Christ is in me, what else? Yeah, I've been given the authority. Because, uh, because Christ is in me, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Christ is, in, uh, Christ is in me, I'm seated with him. I'm united with him. All that authority that he has has been given to me. So say this with me. Say, I have authority because of Christ. And because I have authority, I expect victory. Now think about that. You have authority. Just like I have the keys to this building, I expect that every single time I walk to this building, I'm going to get in the door. I don't come up to this building expecting the door not to work one day or my key not to work. I don't come into this, you know, come up to this building expecting somebody to be standing out there saying, you can't come in here. No, no, no. I have authority. I have a right to enter. And not only do I have a right, I got the keys. You have a right to victory. And not only do you have a right, you have the title deed to all victory, which is your faith. Your faith is in who? Christ. Amen? And because your faith is in Christ, you know you have put your trust, your dependence, your confidence in someone who is not going to fail. Because your faith is in Christ, you have put your faith in grace, which is not going to fail. And so you have a title deed, a right, an expectation that should always be Mount Garrison around your mind that says, I win. I win in every area of my life. Say that with me. Say, I have the victory. So we have to, no matter what occurs, no matter what goes on, we have to stay the course and stay in the course. I'm not talking about just working hard. I'm talking about staying the course right here. Stay in the course with that belief so that you will see that victory. Your victory is in your belief. God has already done it, but to you, for you to see it manifested, you have to stay the course. Amen? So here's where we get to tonight. As I was studying, I saw something about believing. There's a way that you can weaponize your believing to work 
even more in aiding you in staying the course. You can weaponize your belief by, believe it or not, simply confessing what you believe. Confession, when it happens in a court of law, is simply admitting something. Isn't that right? When you get up and you confess, it means, I admit, I did it. <laughs> Amen? When you confess, all you're doing is admitting what's true. I think it's time for us to begin to confess the word. I think it's time for us to begin to admit to ourselves on a regular, daily, if you got to do it every hour basis, you need to admit what the word of God says concerning you. Here's 10 daily admissions that you need to begin to make to continue to access God's blessing for your life. 10 <laughs> admissions <laughs> that you need to make. Somebody said, please go slow. Uh, 10 admissions that you need to make so that you can continue to access God bless, God's blessings for your life. Now, I'm saying that very delicately on purpose because I want you to understand you are already blessed. The only thing that is holding some of us back from seeing the manifestation of those blessings is the lack of belief. And the admission of what's true aids your mind in being convinced that, yes, that's true. When sickness tries to come, I'm healed. You're admitting, I'm, you, I, I admit that I'm healed. Why don't you just say confess? Because see, confession, we still got that mixed with works in our heads in some ways. So I'm just going to use a different word. It means the same thing. But I admit that the word of God is true. I admit that Christ has already uh, taken on my sickness uh, and, he, and he's healed me. I admit it. So body, you got to line up with the truth. Amen? So 10 daily admissions. Before I give you the 10, let me show you this, Romans 4, 16. I'm going to show you this in the Word. This is our first scripture. Praise hallelujah. All right, here we go. <laughs> we hurry up. Uh, Romans 4, 16, we'll look at a new, new Living Translation. I want you to see that you, you're already blessed, but now faith takes what grace makes. It says, so the promise is received by what? The promise is received by what? Faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain. You see that word? Certain to receive it. Uh, it says, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham. So again, the law is not the answer. They're going back to before the law existed. They're going back to Abraham who just had faith in God. Not about my works. It's about how am I believing? Am I believing in God? Am I believing in what Christ did? It says, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. Let's look at this same scripture to amplify. Oh, I think I got the amplifier here. Oh, there you go. Uh, and let's go to the beginning of it. It says, therefore, what's that word? Inheriting. Now, you, you have an inheritance, right, as children of God. So this is something you already have a right to. Therefore, getting what I have a right to, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith. So just because I have an inheritance, it requires faith to lay hold of what's mine. Do you see that? It says, therefore, inheriting the promise. This is promised to me. But I get it when I have faith. And it depends not on my works. Entirely, it says, on faith. Keep going. In order that it might be given as an act of grace. Grace made it available, but it depends entirely upon my faith if that inheritance will show up in my life. Unmerited favor, keep going. To make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all of his descendants. Faith 
is what makes it available. Grace stabilized it. Grace made it available. Grace guaranteed it for you. Amen? Grace guarantees it, but faith is what's going to get it for you. What's going to bring it into the natural. It says, not only to the devotees or the inheritance of the law, talking about Jewish folks, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. That's us. Gentiles, one, one uh, translation says. Who is thus the father of us all. So you have an inheritance that has been promised to you. Grace has already made your blessings available. Say that with me. Say grace, grace. has already made the blessing, all of them, available to me. How do you get it? By faith. Believing. Confidence in God and his word. Trust in him. Amen? And this submission and these confessions will just simply remind you of the promises of what you already got. All right. John 3.16. Go there with me. Uh, we'll look at it in the uh, King James Version and then we'll uh, look at it in a couple of other versions. Here's the first thing I need you to admit. First thing, number one. I need you to admit that God loves you. Oh, I mean, you don't have to say it right now. But, uh, <laughs> but, but sure, I, I appreciate that, yes. But admit that God loves you. Number one, this all starts with, I got to admit he loves me. Some people think God's mad at them. Some people think God's not concerned about them. Some people think God's forgotten about them. No, your God, who is in heaven, loves you. Jehovah loves you. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Look at that. God's mad at me, and he's, he's punishing me. No, 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 no. God's not in the punishment business when it comes to his children. Do you, you see what I'm saying? We read 16 and forget to read 17. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through his son might be saved. God loved you. And Jesus saved you. You have to admit that to yourself on a daily basis. God loves me. Say that with me. Say, God, God loves, loves me. me. You have to understand that he loves you so much. Why? Because he needed you born again so you can win. No more loss. No more losing. You're born again to win. You're not a loser. You're born again to win. You're born again to have victory. God's not trying to teach you something through suffering. Jesus suffered for us all. And I'm talking about that suffering where I, well, I'm just broke. And that's, you know, God must be teaching me a lesson. No, you just didn't listen to the Holy Spirit on something. But it doesn't mean that he's doing that to hurt you. What does God get out of seeing Jesus hurt like he was and then turning around and hurting you. I thought Jesus took all our punishment. I thought he took all the shame. I thought he took all the pain. Then if he took it all, there's none left for us. And God's not going to make new pain to give to me. Why? Because I got to admit that God loves me. Amen? So I'm born again to win. Win over what? Well, number one, win over the enemy. I have victory over the enemy. I mean, don't you? I mean, does Jesus have authority over spirits? Yeah, we said on number one. Does Jesus have authority over spirits? Over wickednesses and powers and all that type of stuff? Does he not have victory, I mean, uh, uh, authority over the devil? Absolutely. He told the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. He commanded him on what to do, and the devil had no choice but to do it. Have you ever noticed that? Whatever Jesus told the devil to do, he had to do it. Who are you united with? Who are you seated with? Didn't the word say all that stuff was under his feet? And if you're seated with him, guess what's under your feet while your feet dangling off the throne? The same stuff. 
You sitting there just kicking your feet and the demons and all of that, they're all up under your feet. They can't, they can't touch you. You were born again to win over the enemy. So stop letting him make you think that he has authority over you. You're born again also to win souls. You're born again to also win souls. You're born again to win. And if you can admit that God loves you, you'll be walking in victory in these areas. And you're born again to win at life. We should not, we should, we should not perish but have everlasting life. You're born again to win in life. You will be winning, winning, winning. All you do is win, 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 no matter what. I forgot the rest, but go up. <laughs> and they stay there. No, I'm swearing, no. But, but, but that's all you do is win. That's it. Sorry, baby. <laughs> but that's all you do. That's all you do. I said, that's all you do. Somebody said, but you understand that I just love. No, 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 no. All you do is win. Admit it. Admit it. Admit it and watch it become a regular reality in your life. Amen? So loss and lack are no longer in you. Loss and lack are no longer in you. Uh, did we read this in the Amplified, John 3.16? Okay, go to the Amplified in uh, John 3.16, and we'll read 3.16 and 17 in that. Say that with me, though. Say, loss and lack are no longer in me. Christ can't be in you, and then loss and lack still be in you. Loss and lack try to influence you, you have to give them entrance into your mind so that they can affect your actions and your reality. But Christ is in you. And he ain't got no loss or lack in him. Christ has no failure in him. Love has no failure in it. So where's the failure, loss, and lack coming from? It's externally coming from the enemy, convincing you in your mind that that's true, and then you reset your mind to line up with it, and then you begin to admit it. I'm broke, I'm sick, I'm depressed, I'm this, that, and the other. And what ends up happening in your life? Whatever you admit is what you're giving admission to in your life. I am I, revoking the admission of loss and lack in your life tonight. Amen. And I declare you have nothing but victory. Amen. It says, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him shall not perish, shall not come to destruction, shall not be lost. That's why I said there's no loss in your life. You can't be lost and there's no loss in your life. But you have everlasting, eternal, everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send the Son, God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge. Did you see that? He didn't send his Son to reject. He didn't send his Son to condemn. He didn't send his Son to pass sentence on the world. Keep going. But that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. You need to start admitting that you're safe and sound. I'm safe and sound because of Jesus. I'm safe and sound because of Christ. I'm at rest because of him. I'm found because of him. There is no more loss and lack in my life because of Christ. It's time that we start admitting the truth. Understand this, that grace found you and grace saved you. You're not lost. Jesus found you. You're not lost. The truth found you. Ephesians 2.89 says, For by grace are we saved. Who is grace? Jesus. Grace found you and grace saved you. Stop acting like you're lost. Yes, we're still on number one. Stop acting like you're lost. You're not. You may feel alone, but you're not alone because grace is never going to leave you. God is never going to forsake you. 
Holy Spirit's going to always be right there. You're not lost. You're not in the dark. You're in the light. The devil's trying to trick you. Admit the truth. Grace found you and grace saved you. Did you also know that grace is your enough? Go with me uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Say that with me. Say, grace is my enough. We're going to read this in the King James, then the message, then the Amplified. So let's go to the King James first. Now, who is grace? Jesus is your enough. The word is your enough. The truth is your enough. And all of this is because God loved you. It says, and he said unto me, my grace is what? Sufficient for who? Thee. Paul is telling him, he's saying, listen, I was going through some stuff, but then God told me my grace, my grace, God's grace, who is God's grace? Jesus is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. But I feel, oh, that's what, I feel like I'm a little weak, but that's the perfect time because grace is on the job. Grace is on the job when you can't perform anymore. But you got to admit that God loves you so that you remember that grace is there. It says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's his power that rests upon you. It's his power that saves you. It's his power that heals you. It's his power that fixed everything in your life. Let's go to the message, message Bible real quick. Say that with me. Say, grace is my enough. I looked, up, I looked up that word sufficient or sufficiency as I do with these words and that was what it said, enough. Enough. It says because of the extravagance, wait, is that the same place we were at? Yes, because of the extravagance of those revelations and so I wouldn't get a big head, keep going, <laughs> I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations, it says. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. Whose angels? Yeah, did his best to get him down. What do you think he was trying to get him down at? He said what he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, my grace is what? Enough. Enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Go to the Amplified real quick. His grace is enough. You got to admit that he loves you. And if you admit that he loves you, then you got to admit you'll be admitting that he's enough. Still number one, he's enough. Say that with me. Say, he's enough. But he said to me, my grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is, there it is again, enough. Grace is enough. I need you to understand what I'm saying here. Grace equals enough. That word enough there is actually a verb in that particular area. Think about that. It's not a noun. It's not just describing a person, place, or thing. It's an active word. And now when I studied it out and looked it out, it said it was enough to pay the price. Sufficiency is actively working for you. Because of what Jesus did, enough is working for you, making sure you have what you need for anything in life. Any area, your body's acting like it's weak, you got enough working on your behalf. Your wallet looking a little weak, you got enough working on your behalf. I don't feel like it today, my mind's not in that place. Your enough is working on your behalf. And that's all because God loved you. He made sure you had enough. 
You have enough built in you for whatever could come. He said, my grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger and enables you. See that action, action word? Enables you to bear the trouble manfully. Cowboy up. Amen. For my strength and power are made perfect. They're fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Grace is enough. Grace is your enough. Amen? We all have supply because we have God's supply on the inside of us. And we have that because of what Christ did for us. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Philippians 4, verse 19. Are you getting something out of this? Amen. Philippians 4, 19. Uh, let's, yeah, we'll start to amplify it, then we'll go to the ERV after that. It says, and my God will do what? Liberally supply, fill to the full your every need. Sounds like grace. Sounds like what we just read. Your every need, why? According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Go to the uh, ERV, guys. Is he enough? Yes. I said, is Jesus enough? Yes. Do you have to help him? Does it require your performance? It only, it only requires your what? Your belief. That's it. It says, my God will use his glorious riches to give you everything you need. And he will do this through who? Christ Jesus. So let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this real quick. It says he will do this through Christ Jesus. Now, the old way of thinking would have been every time I need something, God's going to give it to me through Jesus. So every time I need something, I need to go to God and go to Jesus because I need to now get it, right? But when I got Jesus, did I get everything? Did I get the whole package? Did I get all I need? So when did I get everything I need because of his glorious riches? When did I get that? The moment I got Jesus. The moment you receive Christ, you have all your needs met. You don't have to keep going back saying, hey, I need a little more money, Jesus. <laughs> hey, I need a little bit more healing, Jesus. No, what you do is you admit, my God loves me. Christ lives on the inside of me. So I have all that I need because I got all of Jesus. And as you admit the truth, that truth, now you see, is what's going to set you free. The Bible says you know the truth. If you know the truth, then the truth is going to set you free. What we're talking about right now is the truth about the truth. We're talking about the truth about what grace has provided, the truth about what Christ has provided. And if you know that, then you can admit it or confess it, and now you're going to experience the freedom. Now you can experience the blessing. Why? Because I'm not looking for something I already got. I'm not seeking something that I've already found. I am now declaring and decreeing out of my mouth that I have what I got. I have what he's made available to me. And as you just get so doggone about it and stand in a place of faith, not moving, not wavering, not doubting, I guarantee you that the blessings of God will overtake your life. I declare that right now in Jesus' name, that the blessings of God run you over and run you down, that there is no loss, there is no lack, that you experience not another day in your life. Lord, today we admit, God, that you love us. And we admit that your grace is enough. 
and we receive all that you have made available. Now, I declare that we see it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for that. Well, I guess you're going to have to come on back for number two <laughs> and thereafter. But man, I'm excited about this, this particular part of this. And, and I hope you can see how now this has to do with our believing. You see what I'm saying? This has to do, this is going to help your attitude get to a whole nother place. This is going to help your believing get to a whole nother place. When you just admit, just admit it. Just confess and admit what the truth says. And watch what God does. Amen? Amen. Father God, we just thank and praise you for this word on tonight. And Lord, we thank you that we hear it, we receive it, we believe it, and we act like it, Lord. And we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise for the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Well, guys, we love you all so much. Don't forget, um, we'll see you on Sunday right here. Uh, also, don't forget we have connect groups on the north side of town tomorrow at 730, uh, weather permitting. If, if there's a weather challenge, we'll make sure we post on Facebook about it, and then we'll shoot out texts to as many people as we can. Uh, but we are planning on having that. Uh, you can pick up the address out at the front desk. Uh, get out and come and hang out for a little bit. Amen? Uh, it's not going to hurt you. It'll be a good time. We're, we're going to just do some admitting together about what the Word of God says about us. Amen? Amen. We love you guys so much. We'll see you right after service. Awesome word. God is good. God is good. So we want to activate our faith in giving. Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, just take a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit if you haven't already um, had it laid upon your heart by him. What are you to give tonight? Amen. We fully trust him. There are envelopes in uh, the seats in front of you as well as you can uh, give by text. Information is on the screen. Those of you that are streaming by uh, YouTube, text to give is on, your, on the screen as, screen as well. Awesome opportunities to give, amen? We don't give the get. We give because God is good. Amen? We give because he's awesome. Amen. Ushers, are you ready? Do you have your, your, um, your offerings Ready, let's go ahead and lift those up unto the Lord. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you for the opportunity to give unto you because of your greatness and because you're great in our lives. We thank you that we give because you made us rulers. And we rule over what you provided for us in, in Jesus' name. We thank you that you, uh, that you give unto us good measure, pressed down, shaken together. You caused me to give unto us in Jesus' name. We thank you that this, these offerings go and they are a blessing to all those that need to hear this gospel of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I should just go ahead and serve the, the people, amen. We also would like to take a moment to um, open the altars up. We never want to take the opportunity or we never, we never want to um, take for granted that everyone here tonight, one, knows Christ, two, is a member of this church, and three, has the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we want to offer those three things tonight. So if you um, heard this word tonight, and, and even those of you streaming by YouTube, you heard this word, and you said, you know, I want to know that Christ that's in me. I want to know Jesus, Jesus Christ, who's that grace. Oh, the altars are open. Now's the opportunity for that. If you've come into this ministry hearing the word, this awesome gospel of grace, and you're not yet a member, altars are open as well to come in, uh, and, and join this ministry. As well as you heard us talk about the Holy Spirit, but you've not received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You've not received that gift. Now's the opportunity to come as well. We have, we have um, individuals that can help you and walk you through that process. Let's go and stand to your feet. If there's anyone around you, you may think need any of those three things, let's go and ask them, amen. We never want to take for granted that, uh, that someone's going to come on their own. Maybe there's just some times where 
individuals need just a little nudge. Amen. Everybody need anything tonight? Any of those three things? Everybody good? Amen. Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Let's go ahead and raise our hands. We'll be dismissing. And, and uh, we just give God praise. We thank you, Father God, for this awesome word tonight. We thank you for your protection as we leave here tonight. We thank you, Father, that as we study and we go over what we heard tonight, we thank you that it will, it will, um, it will grow in us and we will become um, those rulers that we speak about. And we, we will begin to admit who we are. We will begin to admit that we are blessed. Admit that we are rulers. Admit that we are men and women of faith. In Jesus' name, we thank you for, for a prosperous week. We thank you for safety. We thank you that you bring individuals into our, um, in, into our area, into our space, where we can share that gospel of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed. The Lord.